When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Uh, welcome to Hey Hoinsey, uh, live from Goodyear, where Paul is uh, out there covering the Indians in their first week of spring training games. Uh, we've got uh, about a dozen of you folks from our subtext subscribers in the chat room right now. Good to see a lot of uh, friendly faces, a lot of folks uh, returning from the last time we did one of these chats. Uh, you guys know the drill, uh, just for anybody else who hasn't joined us in the past, uh, feel free to you know uh, use the, the chat function, raise your hand if you have a question. Uh, I'll also go by you know who was in here first and, and then we'll just try to pack in as many questions as we can, as many uh, thoughts or comments as we can throughout the entire time we're here uh, over the next 30 minutes or so. Uh, so, Paul, just really quickly uh, give us a rundown of what you saw today out in Maryville where the Indians uh, took care of the Milwaukee Brewers in uh, their, their fifth exhibition game of the season. Yeah, really a, a good performance by the Indians today. Uh, Aaron Savali, uh, first start of the spring, retired 12 straight. He unveiled a, a new New uh, delivery, new uh, windup that he's been working on all winter. Uh, Yu Chang hit uh, homers in uh, consecutive at-bats. Mike Freeman hit a home run, but the pitching was really, really good. Savali, um, 12 straight. Uh, Logan Allen, six straight. Uh, they didn't give up a hit until the sixth inning, and I think they only gave up three for the game. So very impressive. All right, let's jump right into questions since that's why you guys are here. The whole mess with Mickey Calloway and how the organization is uh, approaching it, is this impacting the players at all? Are they talking about it or is it a totally separate world to them? You know, that's a, that's a good question. You know, we're not talking to these guys. We're, we're not in the locker room. Uh, we're doing, we're only doing it by Zoom calls uh, and I asked uh, Adam Plutko uh, uh, two days ago after he pitched and he, uh, you know, he came up with Mickey. He pitched a year under him in the big leagues uh, with the Indians and he, he, he sidestepped, he did not want to answer it. And I think that's probably the, uh, the, uh, you know, the, the, the approach all those players would take, but a lot of these guys weren't here when Mickey was here. Um, so I don't think it's having a big influence on the players at all. Uh, I think it's mostly with the organization in the front office. Right. And uh, we did see a word out of Toronto uh, that Ross Atkins, the, the GM uh, in Toronto, who 
was in the organization, uh, was was in player development, and uh, actually worked with Callaway when he was here. Uh, came out today and said that he was unaware of any uh, harassment allegations against Callaway uh, during their time that overlapped with the Indians. So uh, again, it's it's now uh, ever since that February fourth interview when uh, Chris Antonetti came out and and said that the organization wasn't aware. Uh, and, and hasn't been able to elaborate on that point uh, since then. Uh, I think that's what the, the conflict is right now. Otherwise, you know, I, I think they'd be trying to move past this and trying to spin things forward as much as possible. Yeah, so I had a question about any rule changes for when, when might we know, you know, there's going to be a, a DH in the league and all those other crazy things they did last year. You know, I, uh, I read a story today. I, I, there's been no official word, but uh, I read something today that there would be no DH, uh, no expanded playoffs. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I still think the uh, runner I, I, on second base in the, in the extra innings in, in the 11th inning is in and seven inning double headers are in. Uh, and that's, but that's most of the seven inning double headers are from the, co the health and safety protocols. Uh, I think the 12 in, and the 12 inning, uh, you know, the runner automatic runner on second base is, is there for, for, uh, to protect the pitchers as well. But other than that, I don't see, I don't think there's, you know, then the three batter rule, of course, you know, is in as well, but uh, I don't think, uh, you know, the rules that are in place now, there's some crazy, there's some different rules in place for spring training, but those won't carry over. No, and, and they have the ability, I believe, to add that universal DH anytime they want, right up until the start of the season. They could, on uh, you know March 28th, they could come out and say, hey, we've got the universal DH this year. Uh, they, they're not likely to do that, but that's they, they have the ability to do that. That's something that Manfred can do on his own without approval from the, the, the Players Association. Uh, Dave, go ahead. I'm uh, curious, we've got a good mix of both uh, really young kids and some veterans trying for positions. I just kind of wonder whether Tito would be leaning to go with someone who really has a, one of the young guys that has a strong spring versus someone that, well, two years ago, the guy had a good year. Yeah, that, that's, uh, you know, there's, there's a bunch of uh, kind of competitions like that. First base, we've got two pretty young guys, Bowers and uh, Bradley. Shortstop is kind of wide open, obviously. Chang and Jimenez and uh, Ahmed Rosario. Um, so, uh, you know, those guys are all fairly young. And in the outfield, you know, it, outside of, uh, you know, Rosario, Eddie Rosario, I think uh, it's wide open. So uh, I think, uh, you know, just from knowing Tito, you know, he's not going to make a decision based on spring training. You know, there's going to have to be a track record involved. Uh, but I think, you know, in, in, in shortstop, you know, you really, you know, I would not be surprised if, you know, Andres Jimenez uh, gets a job. He's, he's had a great start, made an error today, but he's hit the ball well. He's, he's made the plays he's supposed to make. And uh, they need a guy that's defense first, and it, that's his reputation. And, and Tito did mention in his comments today, he said, uh, you know, that that shortstop position is, is one where, you know, you want to lean glove first and, and, and defense first uh, was sort of the feeling I got. Uh, what do you think about Ben Gamble out in, in right field as somebody, one of those veteran guys who, you know, they can pick him up and 
if he doesn't last more than a month with the club at the start of the season, well, that gets you to somebody like a Daniel Johnson who you could bring up and sort of manipulate his service time that way. And I'm not advocating manipulating service time in any way, but if they could get an extra year of Daniel Johnson by starting the season with Ben Gamble, I mean, maybe that's something they're looking at doing. Yeah, and he made a great catch in the first inning uh, today. Went over the uh, short fence in foul territory in right field, uh, you know, against his old team, the Brewers. So, you know, that was fun to see. And, you know, I don't really know too much about him. I know he can play all three positions, better in the corners. um, And the the Brewers liked him. So um, we'll see. We know one thing about Ben Gamble. It's that if the Indians get on a losing streak and he's in the dugout, he's going to start chugging Red Bulls before every game because that's sort of his deal, which (laughs) – I, I kind of want to see. I kind of want to see what happens. I don't know. The peel, peel him off the roof of the dugout. He'll be climbing up the 19-foot wall in left field first. So I got a, I got a question. How much is that going to hurt uh, virtually all the teams now that the AAA ball clubs are not going to have a schedule until May 1? They're going to be in camp for that for that month of April, but there's no games. And I think- so- you talk about if Gamble makes the ball club as a utility outfielder, but after the first month, it looks like they need to replace him. Going down to get somebody, even Daniel Johnson, is still not going to be a whole lot because he's only got 30 days of inter-squad stuff. He's not going to have played 30 ball games. Right. He, yeah. He's not going to have been playing regularly or competitively. And I made that point to, uh, to Hoinsey on our, our podcast this afternoon. I, I, I said, you know, that might actually be uh, – a point in Johnson's favor coming out of camp here. Maybe they just open the season with, with Johnson instead because those young guys need, need that next step, that development at the major league level. So maybe that's where Johnson, you know, gets his foot in the door. And the one thing uh, I think that would be different that they're trying to make different than it was last year at the alternate training sites, they're trying to, you know, bring some other teams in so they can play some games, but it's still not going to be a regular AAA schedule where you're playing every day and, you know, you miss, you miss all those reps and, you know, you're facing the same guy, basically the same, the same five or six pitchers, you know, for a month. And uh, so, yeah, it, it definitely is a setback. It's a setback for all the minor league development guys, uh, you know, players for two years in a row, they've, they've had to deal with this. Right. And they said, uh, those competitive games, the, the, they might do like seven inning games with like an Indianapolis or a Louisville or or whoever's in within driving distance where they can get back, you know, uh, w- within a day, take a bus. But they don't want the minor league players that are in alternate camp uh, flying anywhere. They don't want them taking commercial airline flights because those guys could could the next day be called up to uh, the big league club. And that would that would be a problem uh, to your point, Hoinsey, about facing the same guy five times in a in a, a, a day at, uh, you know, the alternate site. That was Jake Bowers the other day uh, talking about facing Sam Henches, the, the big lefty that they have uh, in camp right now that Tito's very high on. Uh, Jake Bowers said, you know, it, 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 was a, it was a tough thing to have to go against him left on left multiple times in camp. You learn a lot about yourself uh, in, in those at-bats, even though uh, Hench is very young and, and doesn't have all the experience at the, the major league level. Uh, still a tough at bat uh, multiple times in a, in a alternate site camp, Matt, Matt Wells, go for it. Uh, Hello from Minnesota. Do we know if the announcers are going to travel with the team this year? 
Uh, we don't even know if the reporters are going to travel with the team very much this year. We're that's all still a little bit up in the air. But uh, you know, that's uh, a great question. I, I have not. I did not ask him. I know. You know, uh, Tom Hamilton is out here doing the games. Um, Tom and Jim Rosenhaus. Uh, you know, STO is scheduled to do about five. What five or six games? STO is producing five games themselves, but there are I think a dozen games going to be on yeah. the air through the other so affiliates. I, I think Andres. No, I would not. Andres would not be surprised. The yeah, I would not be surprised if if uh, you know they do travel this year, but I I have no confirmation on that. So I, I have another sort of off the wall question here. The former owner or partial owner has all these uh, his his um, shares in escrow and. Dolan's looking for another owner. Um, I'm wondering if we can't go back to the way it was where um, the shares were publicly traded. Because I, for one, would love to get another, you know, 100 shares of the Indians. I had them way back then, and I'd like to have them again for now. Yeah, I, uh, Dick Jacobs did that and uh, made a ton of money for himself and and a lot of his buddies, John Hart involved. And uh, so I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know if they would take the company public, if that would uh, create, create, uh, you know, a windfall for the team. I, I'm not sure how that works. Uh, I've not heard anything about that, though. Uh, let's go with Greg. Greg, go ahead. Hi, yes, I have another question. Uh, last year, I remember when I, when I'd see them on TV, uh, the team, the COVID procedures, uh, I mean, the masks were up, the masks were down, they were in each other's faces. Sometimes the masks were halfway. I mean, it's almost as if it was so haphazard. I almost wondered sometimes if it was only when the camera was on them. And so I'm wondering what, what is there any, are there any procedures in place? Is there any talk about what the guidelines will be this year for COVID safety procedures? Uh, during the games and on the field and in the dugout? I, I, they are the same as they were last year. Very, very similar. You know, there's no, you can't, you can't, uh, you have to stay 10 feet apart if you're going to talk to an umpire. Um, you know, masks have to be worn in the dugout, in the facility, they have to be worn. Um, you know, and all, you know, the COVID testing, I think in spring training, they're getting tested every other day. I would not be surprised if that's for the regular season. You know, the quarantine, if someone tests positive, those procedures are all, all in place. Yeah, I, I believe I, I, I did see somewhere that, uh, you know, they, they might have ramped up or tweaked the, the penalties for violating that kind of stuff as, as well, though. They, they did, uh, you know, they are going to be a little more harsh on, on that kind of stuff. But uh, as, as far as, you know, anything new or different, I think, I think it's all going to be the same. Uh, whether or not, I mean, baseball happens, reactions happen, you know, a guy hits a walk-off home run, guys are going to react and they're going to, you know, slap five and, and jump on each other and, and all that kind of stuff. I, I don't think there's a really a way to stop that or police it. And, and I don't necessarily know that Major League Baseball wants to stop or police that. Uh, it, they can probably live with a certain degree of it uh, as long as you don't have a, an outbreak as a result of it. And the vaccine, I think, the, you know, the appearance of the different vaccines is probably might, you know, lessen uh, the uh, precautions or the, the uh, you know, they, they may uh, loosen things up because as more and more players and teams get vaccinated. Um, any update or uh, news on the uh, Shane Bieber extension? 
And then also a second question was uh, about, I think uh, Paul just mentioned about the vaccinations, uh, but once teams get vaccinations like more in place, are, is there, do you think the health and safety protocols will change somewhat, maybe late, late in the summer, early fall? Yeah, I think that, that if, you know, as more and more teams get vaccinated, they will, you know, the, the, the precautions could loosen. Uh, but, you know, the, we're talking about all these, you know, 20, 18, 19, 20, 25 year old guys. Those, you know, the, the players are at the bottom of the list here at the, at the bottom of the totem pole. And I, you know, I don't think, I don't see, you know, uh, players leapfrogging, you know, over, uh, you know, the senior citizens to get this, to get their vaccinations. They're going to have to wait their turn. So it's going to take a while. Realist, realistic to think maybe by, you know, if, if that many vaccines are available by May, maybe by the end of June, maybe sometime in July, uh, you can expect the, the full major league roster to be uh, vaccinated. But, but right now there's, there's no way to tell. And it, as far as the Bieber extension is, is a concern, I think there's, there'll probably be some uh, movement on that. Uh, this is the time of year where they usually talk about extensions. They usually announce them at the end of spring training. Uh, you know, I was shocked how Bieber, how, uh, you know, uh, interested Bieber was, how enthusiastic he was. So maybe he knows something that we don't know. So uh, equally shocked, equally shocked that he said he hadn't been contacted about it yet, though. So yeah. equally so, shocking. Uh, the, so. the big thing, the telling thing right now with that, though, is beyond 2021, the Indians don't have any any money committed, any contracts committed whatsoever. They're they're a blank slate beyond 2021. Uh, because they don't have to pick up options for Roberto Perez or Jose Ramirez. Uh, I mean, ostensibly, you would want them to. You would like to see that happen. But if they want to devote all their financial resources to, you know, signing Shane Bieber to a big contract, they can certainly do that. Yeah, and I think the, uh, you know, with the uh, basic agreement expiring at the end of uh, 2021 season, this season, you know, the, the rules may change. So, Bieber might want to uh, maybe get in under the wire if if they if his agents think uh, you know doing it now would favor him. Yeah, there's there's multiple reasons why Shane Bieber uh, locking Shane Bieber up at least through his you know three years of arbitration and then you know maybe a year or two beyond that with options would be an ideal situation for the Cleveland Indians right now. Uh, Guy, go ahead, fire away. Just wanted to see what you thought about possibly Whitgren or Blake Parker coming out of uh, camp as the closer rather than uh, Karen Chak or Classe, because it seems to me that you'd it'd be easier to make a change uh, to bring in Classe after the season starts or Karen Chak after the season starts to go that way rather than the other way around that, you know, take Karen Chak out of the closer role and put somebody else in. If something goes wrong. Yeah, you know, that's going to be an interesting question or interesting thing to watch. You know, you saw him yesterday. Karen Chek comes in and first nine pitches were all balls. <laughs> I don't know if that was the wild thing or what, but that was interesting. And you know that he's going to do that during the season because that's how he pitched last year. Then he walks two straight guys throws his ninth ball in the row. Then he strikes out two guys and, and ends the inning on a pop-up. So, uh, you know, if, if he's the closer, it's going to be a wild ride. And uh, I think maybe you want, maybe, a, a, you know, it makes sense to have a little, little bit of a veteran presence there, you know, a Whitgren or somebody. You've got two really young guys that throw hard in class A 
and uh, Karen check and you don't really and you don't have a real good read on either either one of them so that you know that would not surprise me if they went with a veteran uh, so we'll have to see what happens yeah equally equally alarming uh, with Karen check there uh, to the nine balls the nine straight balls was the fact that he couldn't control the run game like he, he couldn't stop guys from running on him at that point and and that's alarming because if you get into a a real game that really counts and you can't stop the guys. Roberto Perez back there isn't going to make a, a lick of difference if you can't stop them as a pitcher on your own. Uh, to your point that, uh, you know, seeing Park or Parker or Wickren, who both have closing experience, open the season in that role, that's really – Hoynes and I have been talking about that on the podcast every day, uh, you know, pretty pretty regularly, and, and it's just sort of – just sort of feels like the way that, that Tito is leaning – Back in 2016, when he had Andrew Miller, who had incredible stuff out of the bullpen, and you used him as a Swiss Army knife to put out fires in the sixth, seventh, eighth innings, you know, wherever they were needed early, you could only do that if you had Cody Allen and Brian Shaw back behind him, knowing that they could lock down the ninth. So, yeah, you could, you could maybe do that with a James Karinczak or Emmanuel Classe early in a game to, to get the most important out of the game, but you can only do that if you trust Blake Parker or Nick Wickren or even the, the rebirth of Brian Shaw back there uh, to, to close things down in the night. Uh, Mike Maddox is in the room. Mike, go for it. Uh, yeah, my, my question is, um, you know, thinking about um, when they traded away Carrasco, uh, you know, a few years back when he, he approached the Indians and said, hey, you know, I, I'm willing to I want to stay in Cleveland. I love staying in Cleveland and I want to go for a lower price. Do you think that's going to hurt the, the Indians as they go forward with some of these homegrown players that may love playing in Cleveland and say, Hey, look, you, you, you signed that, that guy agreed. He wanted to stay here with you guys for a reasonable amount and you guys uh, still traded him away. Yeah. I, you know, that was a, that was a tough trade right there. You know, you knew, you knew Lindor was going to get traded, but you know, Carrasco, they're trying to cut money. And he got swept up in that, but that was a hard trade. And, you know, I don't know if that, you know, if, if guys are that, um, you know, I think players look out for themselves when it comes to contracts. Uh, if, if you're offered the money, you're going to take it and you know, you're going to get paid one way or the other. It's all guaranteed, no matter where you, who, what team you're paying for playing for, but, and, you know, so I, I don't know. It's, it's a tough question. And, um, I just think, uh, you know, when it comes to contracts, you know, the loyalty, lo- loyalty doesn't exist either with the owners or the players. I mean, they're both out for their own good. You know, Carrasco took the contract and uh, the Indians had the right to trade him. Well, right. Yeah, I, I think, I think Carrasco did them a solid though on the way out. There were, there were no hard feelings. There was no, you know, I couldn't believe this. I, also, when you're being traded to the hot team with the, the new owner that has a lot of money and you're going with Francisco Lindor, and now the buzz is they're going to be a favorite to, to make it to the World Series, I think Carrasco would take, you know, take his new assignment you know, pretty, pretty happily there. And there's one, yeah, more just, thing to re- one more thing to remember. Carrasco was about 20 or 25 days of service time away from being a 10 and 5 guy when they made that trade and he could have refused the trade if he got, you know, if he got that, those 23 or 24 or whatever the, the number was of, of service time. So I don't know if that came into play. I've never asked anybody that, but I think that that may have been a factor as well. Thanks. Okay. Uh, Bill, 
Good to see a familiar face, Bill, uh, jumping back in. Uh, yeah, good to be good to be back. I'm glad you're doing this again. Uh, I live in Peoria, Arizona, about 20 miles up the road from where you where you guys are right now. So. Where, where Hoinsey is right now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, are you back in Ohio? I'm back in Cleveland. <laughs> oh, OK. Uh, anyhow, uh, Hoinsey, if you need your vaccination, they're easy to get out here. My wife and I've had both of ours already. Yeah, I got one. I got the first one. I haven't. I've, I'm on <laughs> schedule for the second one. So. Oh, that's good. Uh, question for you guys: Any change in the uh, broadcaster uh, makeup this year, uh, TV or uh, or radio? Well, I know that uh, in the in the coming days, in the next few days, that Fox Sports uh, STO is under going going to undergo a rebrand. It's going to mm. be Bally Sports Great Lakes. I think it's going to be called. Yeah, uh, I think Bally's the the casino uh, and their entertainment wing bought up all the local Fox affiliates and they're changing all things there. But but I'm almost 100 percent certain uh, guys like uh, Matt Underwood, Rick Manning, Jensen Lewis, Al Pulowski, Andre, uh, Andre Knott, those guys are all going to stay on uh, on Good. the broadcasts. And uh, I don't think Hammy or, or Rosie are going anywhere. No, that's good. Uh, second question. Uh, What's been the biggest surprise uh, in terms of uh, what you've seen from player performance so far, good or bad, in spring training? You know, I just think, uh, uh, Bill, the, the number of uh, talented young players we've seen. And, I, you know, you can get fooled in Arizona, and uh, but uh, guys like Jimenez and uh, Gabriel Arias, uh, you know, um, Josh Naylor and Bo Naylor, Guys like that, are really, really interesting. You know, the, the, the Indians have, have been, you know, it seemed like pitching heavy for, you know, the last several years. It, it finally seems like they've got some interesting position players, you know, in the pipeline. Yeah, two things jump out. Uh, Logan Allen today, uh, in addition to Savali and his whole, you know, revamp delivery and everything, Logan Allen looked sharp today. And Tito has commented on it several times. Uh, he really likes what Logan Allen uh, did in the offseason. Uh, as far as position players, uh, Gabriel Arias is is one that's actually got me pretty excited to watch. You know, uh, you know he's he's going to start off in the minors. He's probably going to start off. He could start off in Double A. Uh, you know, if they wanted to, but because he's really never played above Double A. And, and Tito mentioned that he's so young. He just turned 21 uh, the other day. Uh, I think he's one to watch just because he's got a big arm and he hits the ball everywhere. He doesn't just, you know have isolated power or anything like that he puts the ball in play and he hits it everywhere and he's a guy who maybe you know cross your fingers maybe they've got something there in watching the game in the coverage from wisconsin stw i guess it was mm -hmm. uh, how much rope is tito going to give some of these guys who are trying to make the roster i looked at mercado in his two at bats and he still seems as lost today as he ever did throughout the season and looking at uh, Hamilton, I know Hamilton's not a big hitter. He's there because of his speed. He also looks terribly lost. I know it's early. We're only five games or so into spring training. How much rope is he going to give guys like that when he's got other younger guys who really want to make this roster? Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think Mercado, I really would be surprised if he doesn't make the club. I think they really, they like him defensively. And uh, I'm not sure they're sold on Bradley Zimmer, 
And I think Hamilton is here just to kind of, you know, uh, you know, prod those guys along, push Stimmer and, and Mercado. And, you know, they, uh, Tito basically told Hamilton, look, uh, you know, in a perfect world, we, we would go with one of our young kids. So, but just come into camp, compete as hard as you can, and uh, we'll always be honest with you. So, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, he's got a, he's, he's on a team. He's, you know, he's still in the big, you know, he's still in the big league. He's still got a chance to get picked up if he gets uh, released from the Indians, but, you know, I'd be surprised if he's on the ball club. Yeah. Billy Hamilton, if Billy Hamilton makes the ball club, if, uh, if something disastrous happens to both, I think Mercado and, and Zimmer, because I think they have a lot of other options that they would, they would prefer to use that. They might even use Daniel Johnson in that role, even though he's not, he projects more as a corner outfielder than a center fielder. Are there any concerns uh, among the Indians about having Eddie Rosario and Josh Naylor in the same outfield? I don't think either of them are, you know, really that great. Uh, and uh, it seems like it might be a problem to have them both in the same outfield. Yeah, that uh, we have, you know, I really haven't seen um, uh, Naylor a lot. You know, I'd say he's, he's more, he came up as a first baseman. You know, that's where he feels the most comfortable. At least that's what he told us. But, uh, you know, I think he's going to be in right field. I really do. And uh, Rosario, you know, kind of uh, uh, not the greatest uh, outfielder, but uh, he's in left field. I think he's going to be in the lineup every day just because he, he's one of the few guys that really can, is a consistent hitter or can hit on his club and is a home run threat, and uh, they desperately need that. And that's, where, and that's where you need 2017, early 2018 Bradley Zimmer to come in and, and be a force because he's a guy who back then could chase down balls and, and make just outstanding plays in the outfield, and he had an arm that you know he could, he could throw guys out, but – you know, shoulder surgeries and all sorts of other injuries uh, have, have probably limited in that, him in that regard. Uh, still, if, if you've got a, a guy playing center field like the way Bradley Zimmer can play, that might, you know, make up for a few of their shortcomings there uh, uh, with, with Naylor and with Eddie Rosario. Got probably enough time for one or two more. Uh, Greg, go ahead. Hi, yeah, just one more. Uh... I'm always I'm always thinking about Tito and how he's doing. I, I saw him. I think I saw him walking from the dugout off field the other day. Looked pretty good. Uh, where's his health stand? How's he progressing? Well, uh, he's he's freewheeling now. I think he's he's off his crutches. Uh, you know, I saw him uh, hobble out of the dugout uh, to talk to his Drupal Cabrera before uh, um, yesterday's game against Arizona. And uh, he's not, he's not going to win any field, you know, hundred yard dashes. Let's just put it that way. He's got two artificial knees, an artificial hip. And now he got, he's got part, part of the bone of his left big toe removed because of a staph infection. This guy is, he's at a, he's at a tough goal, man. He's, he, he needs to change of luck. And, and that doesn't even, you know, get into the, uh, what the blood clots. Blood clots and, uh, yeah. And the lower GI stuff he was going through last year, so he's had he's had a he's had a tough go, but 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 everything he loves we've heard, managing, man. Everything we've heard has he's indicated that he's he expects to be able to get get through the season to to manage the entire season. So that's a, a good sign there. All right, uh, Bill, take us home. We got about thirty seconds here. What do you guys hear about uh, Corey Kluber? How is he uh, uh, doing with the Yankees, and will he? Uh, uh, 
still be able to contribute. He was always a class act. And even though he's not with us anymore, my wife and I were wondering today what, uh, uh, what he's up to and how he's doing. Have you heard anything? Uh, I think his first outing was yesterday with the Yankees and he, uh, he was pretty successful. Uh, I think he, he looked pretty good from all accounts. So if, if he can, you know, be the Corey Kluber of 2017, 2018 for the Yankees, that, that makes them a lot tougher. They're counting on him. They're counting on him. You know, he signed a one-year, what, $10 million deal. Uh, it's a reclamation project, kind of a shot in the dark, but the Yankees need pitching, and they really need him to come through. Okay, guys, that'll do it for Hey Hoinsey Live, our spring training edition here. Uh, really happy you were able to join us and listen in as part of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast today. Uh, we'll try to do this again real soon, hopefully one more time before the start of the regular season and then definitely at some point uh, during the 2021 campaign. Uh, good to hear from all of you from our subtext subscribers and our listeners on the podcast and we'll catch you again next time. <laughs>